online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960 The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. I am the aforementioned Brian Hanks. This is Hour 2. It's Wednesday, March the 8th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 817. And if you missed the first hour, you missed a doggone good hour. Uh, it's ACC tournament time here, Zach Hawkham. And I had uh, Junior Smith third on. We talked uh, ACC tournament. We broke down last night's game. We previewed today's games. We talked about who we think is going to win uh, out the rest of the way in Greensboro. We will be doing the show live from uh, Greensboro and Burlington tomorrow and Friday and uh, just very excited about that. Uh, but, uh, again, if you missed the first hour, you can go to brianhanks.com. You can click on it there, and you can listen to me and Junius talk. You can uh, hear us break down, like I said, the ACC tournament and everything else going on. And we did the birthday game. We did the birthday game in the first hour, Zach Hawkins, which I usually do in the second hour. You know why I did it in the first hour? Because you thought I was going to be late. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, not at all, because I want the whole da- doggone second hour with you. Heck I, f- yeah, I think felt so. like I was on your show for a second. I know I you got to watch it. We got the regulations here, man. <laughs> you're, on the, you you're the official show. So. There you go. Well, we're, we're FCC regulated here That's on right. uh, 960 right. the Bull, 960 thebullcom but uh, that voice, uh, that the, the young man sitting across from me right now, one of the movers and shakers uh, in Kinston, he's the owner of Additive America in downtown. I called you an entrepreneur to the max. Yeah. Is that a good way to describe you? Yeah, I'd say that's pretty correct. Um, I was actually, I was spinning up another business in my mind with my wife like two nights ago. I was talking with a buddy out of Salt Lake and he was telling me about this concept. So we'll see. We, we, we might be. We might be busting it out this week. I don't know. Dude, if you do, uh, let me know. Like I said, I'm out of town the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. Which, but, dude, I want to promote anything that you're doing because what you're doing for downtown is amazing. I mean, you... uh, I I like to brag about Leon Steele. I think Leon Steele's done a lot of good things for uh, this city. But I think you've even gone a step further. I mean, you are invested in downtown. You have bought a city block, (laughs) essentially, and... Uh, you, you put your money where your mouth is and a lot of people can get out there and talk, you know, and say, Oh, we need to do this and we need to do that. Well, by God, you have put your money where your mouth is. And I mean, you have invested in downtown. I had a blast. You had me on your kicking it with a show, which by the way, we're going to, there's a dozen things we're going to talk about here, but, um, but I just, I, again, I'm going to say for the third time, you, you don't just talk to talk, you walk to walk. I think a lot of people here in town appreciate that, Zach. Not for sure, man. Thank you. I appreciate that, too. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that's just kind of the way I've always kind of been is always running wide open and just kind of, you know, trying to find other things. Just to be honest, it's just like finding the low-hanging fruit, and it seems like it's a lot of different things, but like just like simple little things like we're trying to we're, – we're getting signatures with Leon to put in a four-way stop uh, at the, the Dragon Park or at Pearson Park right mm-hmm. there. It just makes sense. It's just one of those things you just see – being there every day that's just a little minor addition to town that makes things a little nicer and a little safer for stuff so yeah man totally it's just well i'm gonna brag a little bit dude uh and i've had some response to it too so i want you to know that uh that but uh the brian hanks show yeah is advertising with uh zach hawkham and uh i was your first yeah yeah yeah, make sure you tell everybody that i was officially your i mean i know you have you know you're kicking it with that's up there as part of the rotation too but, but you know it doesn't but, count, you know. The, the you're Brian the official Hanks. guy. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you hit us up first, and you're like, "Let's go, let me on there." So, yeah. Man. But it was—it's such a deal, and we won't. You'll break down prices with people when they call you, and we'll tell them that. Sure, but yeah. it, I just thought it was incredibly fair, and I mean that sincerely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and yeah. listen, I deal with 
radio ever well not that i sell radio advertising jason bryant does for yeah. us but i know for you know what we sell our ads for here on, yeah. on the brian hanks show on 960 the bull and to i just thought it was very fair and i know i did a three month i i assume in the next three months it's probably going to be more <laughs> no nah, i don't know man like that's our thing <laughs> just man. remember we, i was your your yeah, you're you're the guy, guy okay? so, yeah, so, yeah. And you came in with the check i mean you're ready to rock so yeah, yeah i mean no uh, loyalty is a big thing with what we do obviously but yeah man it's it was just uh, just totally fun. It's something I wanted to be doing up in those windows, like, mm-hmm. for this whole time, and I just never got around to it. Like, you know, a lot of things have happened in the last, like, year, year and a half. So One of the just... busiest intersections. And yeah. it, let's tell everybody what we're talking about. You've got a rotating video board. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Break it down for us, Zach. Sure. So what we have is a 70-inch TV screen basically put up in the transom windows of the old Parrot store, which is our location right there at the intersection with Mother, Sugar Hill, Barry Smokey, us, and, like, Middle Ground. So a like, lot of walking right traffic there. through there, too. Yep. Yep. Yep, and so, I mean, like, full disclosure, it's not the brightest thing yet. You know, we're working it in. It's proof of concept, so it's not like, you know, it's not Times Square yet, you know, during the day, but we're going to get there. But, yeah, man, it's just uh, it's a 60-second little deal. It's like a little rotating reel, and we figured out that the traffic light was 60 seconds long for both for hitting the red lights and the green lights for both directions, and so we are like, let's just make a 60-second reel. So every series, you know, every light series, it's going to go through once, and then, yeah, we broke it down, did little seven sec- seven second slots on it, and that's what we kind of offered up. So we kept we kept like you know two and a half slots for you know kicking it with Additive America, Big Bark Social, so we could still have you know our stuff on the screen. But the goal is to basically like as we build it, we will add screens and and we want to make it really really big. So oh. I think it's gonna be awesome. My honor to be the first one. And as soon as you posted, and dude, not that I stalk you. I don't want you to be walking out of here looking over your shoulder, okay? <laughs> sure. But but you are one of the, and, and it would shock a lot of people if they knew. I have muted so many people yeah, on Facebook, dude, that so many people, and we'll just leave it at that. So you are part of my rotation of probably 15 to 20 people that That's I do cool. that I religiously look at what you put up on Facebook because when, and I mean this sincerely, if you put something up on Facebook, it's usually important. You know, I mean, that's the way I look at it. If Zach Hawkins does it, then it's worth me looking at. And um, I just, I couldn't believe it when you put it up that day. And I believe if I was, I think you put it up whatever day. I was in the next day. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was like very quick. Yeah, yeah I yeah. messaged you. I think I messaged yeah. you. I was like, dude, I will be in there with a check tomorrow. I will see you tomorrow. Yeah. And dude, it has, I, I, listen, I've put, you know, we've bought those signs. I've, you know, oh, yeah, sponsored yeah. golf tournaments and, you know, been. A, I'm getting more out of this x amount of dollars and i'm doing markedly more than i am with those other things okay it's unique it's different it's something cool man it's just like it's it's like why not you know i mean it it just just blows my mind with so many people down there all the time and you got the people coming in and out of town and you got i mean there's i don't know if not everyone knows us but i just kind of take it for granted because we spend almost every evening on north street you know right there and so you know obviously and there's a lot of people even during the week that don't live here that are downtown spending money. Like there were some people a couple of weeks ago that literally ate downtown all four nights that they were in town just wow. because they're here for company X or Y or Z for the week for business. I mean, that, they're on a per diem. They're out there spending money that's not even really theirs, and it's spend it, it's it's use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. So oh, I used to work for a newspaper open. and had a per diem. I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. Per diems are dude. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, per diems <laughs> are awesome. I wish you could have been here during the heyday of Chef and the Farmer because you really haven't been. Yeah. I mean, at its heyday, and, and and I don't blame Vivian. I don't blame Ben or anything. I blame the pandemic. The pandemic yeah, yeah. just yeah, – and that's a road you and I could go down that we're going to probably try to avoid. But it really did a lot of damage to small business and specifically to Chef. And now, don't get it twisted. 
other downtown businesses are doing great right now, but yep. I wish you could have been here, Zach, when Chef and the Farmer was at its peak, when you would walk through that parking lot, and I'm not joking, dude, and it would be Maryland, Virginia, yep. South Carolina, New York. People were driving down. Like days. Yeah. That's crazy. Just to go to Chef and the Farmer, dude. And, and I hate that it's it, – uh, I guess she's just doing the food out of the container. Are there, is it even open? I don't even know if yeah, it's. Yeah, so I've heard. Yeah, I think the the, the okay. fridge and the freezer, you know, there's yeah, but, two uh, now, but, but can you go in and eat there, though? Not to my knowledge as of yeah. this point. I know you've probably heard of, the, you know, the plan was to potentially reopen it this summer in the more like cafeteria style type of a thing, but which, which if you think about it from a business perspective, lends itself to that location being used to prep the food for the fridges. Mm-hmm. Same type of concept. It's just kind of right there. So. I, I can see how it works, but, yeah, it's definitely not, like, if you're an oldie and a townie of, like, this is what you're looking for and you want it to come back the same way. It doesn't sound like that. And I don't have, like, any inside yeah. information. It's just what I'm reading, you know, and the stuff. Okay. I try to actually read all the words in the articles, not just, like, the headlines. You don't TLDR? <laughs> yeah. You know what that is, right? No. no. TLDR, too long, didn't read. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, That's, like, when the people try to share the news articles on uh, Facebook and they don't even open them. And it's, like, it actually gives you the prompt now of, like, you're really going to share that without opening it. And you're, yeah. like... Twitter does that too. Yeah, I, I, I like that because I'll do that sometimes if uh, if I'm sharing something to it, well, maybe one of my friends have written somewhere, mm-hmm. and I you know and I know Gabe Wisner is a good example of a guy who used to work in Goldsboro works down in South Carolina now, and if he posts something, I know that I want to share it because I mean he's one of yeah. my fellow writers, blah blah blah, and I've done that several times, so I know exactly what you're talking about. You hit it to share, and it goes. Are you sure you haven't read this yet? <laughs> it like tags your conscious. You're like, are they going to like release this information three years from now? Yeah, some, yeah. that writer does something wrong. You know, <laughs> you shared that Zach Hawk without reading it. There you go, yeah, yeah. man. This is fun, man. I love having you in here. Let's I like I say, let's start with this because the main reason we have you in is, and I do, and I'm apologizing to you. I did before I brought you up live. I'm going to now. Uh, you had invited me and the whole public to. Uh, yep. a, a, uh, grand opening. We're well, not a grand opening, but a ribbon cutting kind of thing or yeah, an yeah, open, like house. open house. Yeah, yeah an yeah. open house thing that you're doing this Friday. I'm going to get you to go in depth about that here in a second. And I had told you originally I was going to it. I got credentialed for the ACC tournament this past Friday, dude. And I'm sorry. I apologize. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. And I'm very excited about it. But uh, but now I've sort of lied to you because I told you I was going to be there and I'm not going to be there. But it's that's why we've got an hour here to talk I about it. it. We're good. Tell me about what's going on uh, Friday at. 10 or 11 a.m.? So it's Friday on March 10th. It's coming Friday, so two days from now, starting at 11 o'clock until 2 o'clock. So, you know, we'll kind of like... The big, the big boo pow shindig starting at eleven, but you can roll through any time all the way through two o'clock. So for those of you that like can't make it until your lunch break or something like that, no problem at all. So you know it'll be, uh, it'll it'll be like a ribbon cutting. We just won't be doing the symbolic cutting of the ribbon. We're just gonna cram it with as much uh, time as we can of just us kind of like talking about what we do and walking people through. So I think we're gonna have a pretty large pretty large turnout, and we're doing it for Big Bark Social too. So both businesses are gonna kind of get a little spotlight, and so we. You know, if you're not a company or a person that thinks that you need plastic parts or short-run production, because that's what Out of America does, pretty much anyone can use social media services, mm-hmm. marketing opportunities, things like that. So that's kind of what Big Bark Social does as well. It's a company I kind of spun up with my wife over the last year, year and a half. One of the so, entrepreneurial businesses that uh, yeah. that you began. Uh, 11 to 2, address. Uh, 300 North Heritage Street. Or, Easy to remember, yeah, 300 North Heritage. Yep, yeah, Caddy Corner, right across the intersection from Sugar Hill and Mother Earth. We're right there uh, next to Middle Grounds and all that stuff. 
Uh, it's the old parrot store. If that's really what I've figured out is like what I'm supposed to say every time is just say it's the old parrot store, dude, and you're gonna hit 97 percent of people. So you know yeah. what people like. Now I've only been here 20 years. I got mm-hmm. here in 2002, but what people talk about uh, the old parrot store. That's where you used to get your chicks. Chicks in the hens, baby. Yep. The little uh, well, they had the little rabbits. I think sometimes mm-hmm. too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm serious. When you talk to the old, and you, I don't have oh, to tell yeah, you people, this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, when you talk to the old time people, that's what they remember is, you know, going yeah. in there and they would buy their chickens and their hens there. And yeah. like you said, the rabbits and stuff. Interesting too, thing to me that I think is funny is they had that long candy tray in there you mm-hmm. know, with all the like the old school candy like hanging in the thing. Yeah. I don't hear hardly anybody ever mention that. So people wow. will be like, which I think is crazy, right? Because I've been like the candy and the and the chicks, but like yeah. people were so into the chicks that I think that they like <laughs> kind of forgot about the candy because that's the one and almost only thing we hear is the baby chicks, the baby chicks. Which, that is so funny. Which, uh, funny story though, we found uh, like back on my like old YouTube thing when I was making like a YouTube video every day when I moved here. Um, there was like a video of us and the kids walking through the whole store and stuff that I had posted. So that was kind of cool. Like I have that to go back on like. Like the third day we lived here, there's a video of us kind of going through the store as it was. Check that out, dude. It's kind of cool. That is very cool. Okay. uh, That voice you listen to, Zach Holcomb, he's our big interview here in the second hour of the Brian Hanks show today. And I'm sure we've done this in your previous visits, but for folks who haven't heard before, what is, I mean, if you see Zach Holcomb at a Wood Ducks game, downtown Kinston, walking through Walmart, I don't know what, anywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. you've always, you, you, you promote your businesses pretty well, dude, but you've always got an Additive America shirt on or a yeah. hoodie or a hat or something. So what tangibly, what is Additive America? Sure. So Additive America is basically a company that helps other companies. We're, we're more like a B2B thing, a business to business. But, you know, we work with consumers too, but mostly it's business to business. And we work with their engineering uh, teams to help them produce short-run production parts or prototypes or things of that nature. So if you don't know what those things are, um, when someone's making a new, like when a new cell phone comes out, there's a race and a mad dash t- between companies to create products that go and fit onto that phone or onto that camera or onto that headset or whatever. Um, it can be firearm uh, pieces and parts, things like that. So the aftermarket accessories game is big to us on OEM type of, of things. So you have entrepreneurs that their thing is they come up with little small products that accentuate other products. And so when new things come out, uh, they'll very quickly try to prototype or they'll do something called reverse engineering, which is they will try to capture all the geometry of that device and then start building their third-party products off of that geometry. And so getting all that into the computer is kind of like a little bit of a game, and that's kind of some of the stuff that we help with. So we basically are our like perfect client is us finding like a little engineering team of two or three or ten people within a large company that has been tasked with either um, – troubleshooting products that are already in the market that are having recalls and breaks and issues. And we would work with them to kind of reverse engineer the fixes or the solutions so that maybe them just needing to print like one to two or five um, quantity of different types of geometry. And then they're going to plug it in and do all the testing and be like, all right, one of option C is the best way. Let's now let's fine tune from there. So we do a lot of that stuff, but yeah, like the short answer of it is, short run parts or like you just need one to a thousand of something we're perfect if you need like twenty five thousand of something we can still do that but usually that's where you know china and other industry places kind of come into play because they can be so much cheaper but um 
yeah, that's kind of our, our thing is consulting and stuff like that. So I have like a 10 year, 10, 11 years of experience kind of in that game. And so I don't have any college. I just have like an education doing that and being in those facilities and stuff. So can I tell you something and stay on this, but <laughs> sure. college is overrated. Yeah, I totally okay. agree. Yeah. I'll never, I'm never, I hope my kids like we're trying to, that's why we are homeschooling the kids and stuff. So they're in the building every day. They're seeing the different businesses. They see us ebb and flow from one to the other and try to put all these little buckets out to catch as much rainwater as we can. So um, yeah, we're kind of big on that for sure. Well, for sure. I got to tell you, and again, that voice you're listening to is Zach Hawkum uh, here on the Brian Hanks show this morning. And uh, yeah, go ahead. And uh, I tell you what, let me thank uh, our, our sponsor of the uh, big interview every day. It is our good friends over at UNC Lenore Healthcare. It's ex- they are the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks show, nestled in the heart of Lenore County, right here in Kinston. UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional health care for the people it serves. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road, right here in Kenston, for all your healthcare needs. Or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of our big interview. Let's not hesitate. Let's just jump right back into our big interview with Zach Hawkum here. And uh, I've had the opportunity twice now to uh, mm-hmm. walk through your operation there. Uh, you had me on your Kicking It With show, and I want to talk about that here in a second too. Uh, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. But I, this is the easiest way for me to explain. I felt like I was like walking through a spaceship. <laughs> and I say that as a compliment. Sure. I mean, some and, – and I'm going to, I hope you noticed when you were describing stuff and your brother was describing, you know, some of these machines and stuff to me. And I, did you notice I was shaking my head and I was yeah. like, did you notice the glazed over look in my yeah, eyes? Yeah, when the <laughs> eyes get glazy is when we like, we try to transition to different words. Yeah. yeah. But, but, it, but it's really neat. And I, it blows my mind. It's almost how I feel about Jacques Passelet and Goeco yep. with what he's got in, in his business innovation center. Yep. Very cool. He's got equipment over there that you wouldn't expect to see in Kinston. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if you go to Charlotte or to Raleigh or Atlanta or DC or something, you say, dude, you like took it to the, <laughs> to the, to the max. I mean, you walk through and you see some of this equipment that's there in this, in this building in downtown Kinston. You're like, what in the hell am yeah. I looking at here? And I say that as a compliment. I mean, the 3d printing and yeah. all the stuff that you do there, it is, it's an amazing thing that we have, right? I would expect, you know what? If I went to Atlanta, I might expect to see something like that. If I go to mm-hmm. Miami, if I go to Charlotte, which is really growing, or Nashville or something like that, we've got this right here in yeah, Kinston. It's kind of a big deal, yeah. It's it, kind of cool, No, it's man. not like, kind of a It is a hell a of a big of deal, dude. Yeah. But it just, it's neat. Like I said, I, I use the same example when I think about uh, Jacques and Goico, but this is just technologically, dude, the, the things that you have right there in your business, downtown Kansas, people are going to be blown away Friday when they come through for this open house. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's kind of the goal, man. Like, uh, you know, we've had like folks like yourself in, you know, d- doing the podcast and we show them mm-hmm. through and they're like, man, we just never knew that all of this was back here, that all had these no things. idea. Cause you know, we had a lot of it is we kind of have to be, you know, being in pro- new product development and stuff. A lot of the, th- the really cool stuff. I mean, like we can kind of walk through and, you know, kind of see things but i can't like post pictures on the internet of pretty much all everything that we do like yeah. if we do something really cool we almost have to like go and find it somewhere else or like make something similar to demonstrate like what was cool about it and then print it and it's just like a waste of you know material and stuff but like 
that's what we're we're hoping is like we bring people in, actually walk them through there. You know, we we've got the machines are back in the back, all the cool stuffs in the back, and they're in the rooms and stuff. But actually being able to like open the top and show people what it is. I mean, you can show someone a picture of like this is the machine I have, and here's some plastic parts. But like they don't really understand like they get like an idea of like what the machine looks like and like all the technology worked into it. And I mean, like it's really at the end of the day, it's just a machine that someone has figured out. Like they put all these parts together and they put a program to it that tell it what to do. But like kind of like how that relates to you getting a new cell phone cover ready to go when the cell phones hit the store, they already have the covers in there. It's because people are able to use that type of technology that we have and those processes to to rapidly prototype and get to production really quickly. So it's really fun. It started like when I got into it. I always like when I was a kid, I would like take toys apart that I didn't really care about, and I'd be <laughs> you like, were that kid, look huh? at all the cool stuff inside, yeah. and I'd never know how to put them all back together. And I was like, all the electronics to me were like, I was too stupid for that, so I was like, nah, 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 nah. So I just messed with like how the parts went together, and I would have never guessed that like ten years old that like I would be working now, and like I can take anything apart and look at it and be like, oh, there's the you know, look at this like defect in the mold that they just it wasn't. It wasn't that big of a deal because it's on the inside of the parts. So they just let it go. But like knowing what you know, you can be like, "Yeah, that was a that was a mistake." So you can recognize that. When <laughs> yeah, you it's see really that. wow. There's actually a company like on the reverse in the scanning stuff. A uh, company that rented a unit next to her Steph's parents had a business that did this in Ohio. They had rented uh, a spot right bef- right next door. They paid a whole year lease up front, and then after like ten months, they just gone. Like they didn't say anything. They just left. And so the landlord came in and looked, and they had these, like, two CNC machines in there, and they had taken them apart down to every single piece and part, and all the parts were all over the place. And it's like they bought these machines and paid a lease and just to take the machines apart, and then they uh, they were reverse scanning all of the parts and then sending all the scans and the data back to China, and then China was using it. Like, there was a company there that used it to make a knockoff version of the machine. Mm-hmm. Well, that machine ended up being sold into the United States, and you could take it apart and they were actually, they had copied the defects from the manufacturing of the initial item because they were just scanning it and copying it. (laughs) So there were like tool marks and mistakes that were in the initial product that were carried over into the knockoff product just because they were copying it that exactly. So it's kind of funny. Wow. Nerd stuff, but no, no, (laughs) no, but it's super cool. Well, I'm going to get you to get a little bit nerdier here for me in a moment. Again, Zach Holcomb uh, joined us this morning here on the Brian Hank show. He's our big interview here on the show today on nine 60, the bull. 960thebull.com. But the thing that fascinated me, I don't know if it, it had to have been your first visit, I guess, but uh, talking about 3D printing. And, I mean, this is something that – and I know – well, no, I don't know. I mean, it, it's something that you guys are just the kings of. I mean, you showed me. You actually showed me at one point something being printed mm-hmm. for the novice, for the just the regular Joe. What is 3D printing? So 3D printing is basically the, and this is where the additive American name comes from. So 3D printing is kind of like a recreational term. Additive manufacturing is the technical term in industry. And so the reason they call it additive manufacturing is because you're manufacturing something by adding material to it, layer at a layer, layer, layer. So traditionally things would be subtractive manufacturing, start with a block of aluminum, use a CNC machine and, you know, whittle it CNC down. machine. Uh, it's a, basically, it's a, like a machine used, they have them out at the advanced uh, manufacturing center at LCC. Okay. Uh, they're Haas machines, but basically um, you can go into a computer and similarly to 3D printing, you can design something, but it, 
the way that it crafts that is it basically puts a drill bit on the end of this machine that goes around and it knows where it's at and it will take material away from a block of material to create your thing. So subtractive, taking away mm-hmm. material. Additive manufacturing or 3D printing is it adding material layer by layer or step by step to build a product. So the way that it works in our situation is um, we have basically a, a square, like a bed, like a sandbox of powder. Mm-hmm. And the way that it works is a platform starts at the top and it'll smooth a, like three thousandths of an inch of powder over top. And then another thing comes over and it'll drop like ink or a fusing agent is what it's called on the cross sections of where the part needs to be melted or the plastic. And it does it layer, 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 and it does it for hours. And then that's how it builds the depth or the Z. So like on a piece of paper, you have the X axis and the Y axis, right? Just like school. Mm-hmm. The Z axis is how many stacks of paper that is and like that's how tall it is so the z is like coming at you in 3d and so more or less the way that a movie is a bunch of still frames played in succession a 3d print build is a bunch of cross sections played together and that's what gives you the depth or the z height so dude this is amazing what is what is a powder made of (laughs) So uh, that's the, one of the questions I've never asked you. What What is the powder made The powder of? that we use is finely ground nylon 12, so it's actually nylon powder. Okay. So they're taking it, running it through, and it's, I can't remember how many microns, but it's under like 50 microns. Um, you know, all this stuff is like ultra small. And again, this Friday, 11 to 2 yeah, we'll at 300. <laughs> exactly, but that's what I'm saying. What you're talking about right now, not that I'm starting to glaze over, because you've now told me this a couple times. I've seen it with yeah. my own eyes. Folks are going to be able to see you guys do this with their own eyes, and it's going to make a lot more sense to them on yeah. Friday, isn't it? Yeah, totally, and that's the whole goal, man. It's it's kind of one of those things to really, really explain, mm-hmm. but when we have it and we can put a part in your hand that it's all, like, jointed and it has all these living, live hinges, in it, and it's like it looks like it's a bunch of parts, but it's all connected together, and then we can tell you how, like, we were able to print that all together in one piece. It was all one print. We didn't sit there after the fact and clip all the little things together. And it's because we're able to put powder down and just fuse the powder that we want to fuse and make it actual plastic, like hardened plastic. And then all when we take those parts out, we hit them with like compressed air, or like a sandblaster, and that's what blasts out all the residual powder. And that's what leaves us with what we can do. So that's kind of like some of the fun of it for me <clears throat> is not being educated formally in any of this stuff. Yeah. So I didn't actually go to school and have like a bunch of engineers that retired 20 years ago tell me like, here's all the cans. Yeah. When you're designing, you're coming up with stuff. And so there's a lot of, like, curbed creativity because of that in the industry. But my favorite part to do is, like, I didn't have any of that. So I'm only looking at, like, what is possible. So, like, my realm of creativity in that space is a little more open than someone that's been formally taught on the old techniques. It's so new. But my my most fun thing to do is I go into, like, rooms of engineers that are generally like that, like age 30 to 55 range. And I get to go in there and be like, but what about this? Like, but what if, well, we can't, well, we could do it this way, but we just can't. But what if I told you that we could actually do that? Like with what we can do, if you guys can run the computer on your end and give me a model that has these features, that's going to work really well with my printer and my plastic. So that's what we do a lot of is just kind of like consulting on their design. They'll do the design, but we'll be sitting there going like, yeah, that's a little thin, you know, that might have worked in injection molding, but for this particular process, we needed to make that a little thicker and you know, maybe add another crease there and, and stuff like that. So that's really You know why I think I like you, Zach Holcomb? And there's several reasons. I'm being sincere. This is not a riff or whatever. When I got into sports journalism, I had no background. I didn't go to school for sports journalism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to school, I went to school for, uh, and got a psych degree, okay, yeah. but have never used it. But when I got – and I realized – 
at age 30, I, I'm in the wrong field. I mean, I want to be a sports reporter. So I, I had been a stringer and everything. I, believe me, I'm going to tie this to you here in a second. But I remember going and covering, like, my first ACC tournament in 1994, so almost 30 years ago, and walking into the press room, and you've got all these UNC J school, journalism school grads, and, you know, they ask, oh, where did you go to school? And you tell them UNC Charlotte or whatever, and they're like, you know, they look down on you. Yep. How much of that do you get? I mean, like you said, and you make a big point of this, and I appreciate this about you, that you don't have a college degree. You, you know, you learned everything that you learned with, with your hands, with your mind. You know what I'm saying? On the job, you learned all that. And so when you're talking to the, like, for example, when I'm talking to, you know, these old J school people and they've done everything the same way for so many years, well, that's why newspapers are the way they are right now. Exactly, exactly. That's why you talk to Brian North or you talk to folks over in broadcast journalism, they'll tell you it's all falling apart because they've done the same damn thing the whole time, and that's why they are the way they are. Yep. And when you get people that, yes, I'm going to steal a Zach Hawkamism here, that try to think outside the box, and you know, you get shot down a lot of times, but I, I think that's, I think you and I have more of a kindred ship than you realize. Because I have been, I, I proud myself. We were the first ones that did podcasts in mm-hmm. Eastern North Carolina when I was with the Free Press. I mean, dude, I'm talking about back in 2007, yeah. 2008, we started doing podcasts here. And, and just various other things, too, that we, I'm sorry to steal your statement again, but we thought outside the box. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like you so much, dude, is because you're not married down to, well, this is the way things always have been, and they've got to remain this way, too. I, I guess I'm just... <laughs> Again, I think that's why I like you, dude, is because you don't, you don't try to just do what's always been done. You try to – you know what? You're going to fail sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But I don't know, man. I just appreciate you. I guess I appreciate you more than you realize. Dude, okay, sure. we've talked about that, I, and we're going to circle back to the – again, the open – if you're just joining us, open house at Additive America 300. 300 North Heritage this Friday from 11 o'clock to 2 o'clock. So try to be there at 11. But if you can't, we're going to be hanging out until 2. And, and you're going to get tours. Stuff. You're yeah. going to you're gonna show them. Like, you get the, you get to check out – A, you're going to get to check out, like, all the cool stuff that we're doing for Additive America. Like, we're going to take you back behind the curtain. I mean, we're going to pull back a little bit. We're going to actually, like, show some of the cool stuff. We've got some special permissions from different clients of things that we're allowed to show. So oh, that's awesome. for the first time, we'll actually be able to show a bunch of stuff that we haven't really been able to show before. And like, some of it's pretty cool. And some of it's stuff that like, you know, you might be like, I cannot believe that you're able to do that right out of powder. Like, but we're literally going to show you like, here's the powder in your hand and here's a finished part in your other hand. And yeah, wow. that all happens and takes place within those walls. It's kind of like the modern hardware store. If you think about it, like if you go really deep, used to go to that location to pick up goods to use to finish a product or a project. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, not the dog food and the cat food, you know, all that stuff. But, like, there were miscellaneous small things you would go there to buy. Like, we're doing that for other companies. Just It's just a little bit larger scale, but they're coming to us, and we're making 200 of that clip. And so Dude, that's cool. awesome. Well, that's this Friday, 11 to 2, 300 North Heritage Street. And uh, do you need an RSVP? Do you just no, need to just, show up? Just show up and rock okay. on through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, we're looking at the weather. Hopefully, we'll be able to have the garage door up and it'll just be free, you know, come and go. I think we're going to put the ping pong table up so we have extra space. But, yeah. you know, unfortunately, that's kind of what <laughs> we know everyone knows that we play ping pong there. So yeah. we're trying to show everything that else that we do there. Dude, that's sure. awesome. Zach Holcomb, Additive America, in the studio this morning as we're talking about that. Okay, I got other things. that Believe me, I, dude, yeah, we've been going for about 35 minutes. And left, it's yeah. awesome. I want to uh, uh, pick your brain about a couple of things. Uh, number one, 
this is a, I, I got to tell you, I was out at uh, the new uh, park opening they had, or Fairfield Park yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Your name came up out there. Oh, geez. It did, uh, because people were, I was talking to some people, I'm not going to name names here, but I was talking to some people about, uh, we're in the, the city council races, uh, will be, uh, this, we've got three city council positions yeah. that are up for election this year. And, uh, folks were talking to me, who did I think was going to run? I didn't bring up your name. Your name was brought up by somebody <laughs> else. And they're like, you know, Zach made a, you know, pretty good impression in his mayoral campaign a couple of years ago. And I was asked, do you think he's going to run? And I was like, you know what? This is awesome because I'm going to have Zach (laughs) on my show tomorrow morning. I'm going to ask him. So those people who I talked to yesterday, they've been waiting the whole 40 minutes. Like, come on, get to it, get to it. They woke up especially for this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to ask you, Zach. I mean, uh, is that uh, you made a run for mayor a couple of years ago? We had you on the show talking about that afterwards. Mm -hmm. But what is your thought process uh, going into the 2023 municipal election cycle? Sure. No, I think it's really exciting time for the town, too. I mean, like anytime you've got more than 50%, you know, I mean, you've got controlling stake of your city council up for grabs this year, and then it's going to be like that for another four years. So, I mean, like, yeah, you could maybe, you know, it's just a lot of room for impact for sure for voters, just people that aren't running. So definitely, you know. Let's try and get more than 22% of the freaking constituency to vote for crying out loud. I don't understand that. But, you know, hopefully we hopefully that's enough to get people worked up and excited and get them out to vote and, and do those things. Am I running? I don't really know yet, man. I've kind of like. Give me the, this is what I like to do. I, 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 I'm putting your feet to the fire no, here, Zach. I warned you beforehand. Like yeah, yeah. Zero, you're absolutely not running. There's no way in, in heck you're running at zero. A hundred, you've already, you're making signs. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right, you're definitely right. going to run. Where do you stand here on March 8th in the year of our Lord 2023, Zach? Hall? I don't know. I'm very into like, I'm probably in the 40 to 50 range. Like, okay. I guess like. That's pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, it could, it's definitely not like, but I'm kind of like that though by nature. Like I don't really like to rule things out until it's out. So you know, it's kind of one of those things too. You know, if you come down to the building or if you talk to like my wife or anyone, they'll we'll all tell you about my support group that I've built. So I have this support group of people close to me that anytime I start thinking that maybe I should run, their job is to grab me by the shoulders and shake <laughs> me and say, no, 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 no. So I don't know. It's kind of one of those things, but I didn't really, you know, I kind of, I wasn't super planned ahead when I ran for mayor either. It was just kind of like in it, at that time, it just felt like it was the right thing to do with kind of what was leading up to that moment um, in the couple of months, maybe like April, May, June, something like that, rolling into that year, 2021. So, But I don't know, man. It's interesting. It definitely, you know, obviously depends on what the everything looks like, what's the landscape and things like that. You know, Other everyone, people who are running or yeah. if anybody's running for yeah. – I think I, I think the consensus is that, uh, that Pearl's going to run mm-hmm. and that Sammy's going to run. I don't know about Felicia, and I saw Felicia yesterday, and I didn't get a chance to ask her. I was I was wanting to, but the other two, they're, they're probably going to run is what the feeling is. And they, neither one have announced, neither one have said they are, but right. the consensus is they probably are. So you're looking at two incumbents, maybe three if Felicia decides to run. Does that factor into your decision process at all? Uh, not really. Um, that doesn't really affect me too much because those are the easy, like, you know, if you're running against – certain people when they've got a track record it's sort of, you know like it's just by numbers it kind of makes some people would say it would make your life more difficult but i think it makes your life more simple if 
if your goal is to, if, maybe not if your goal is to actually get more votes than them, but if your goal is to articulate what makes you different from them, it's much easier to do with incumbents because you have a track record. You can go back and be like, well, cool, let's just look at the last four or eight years of your life with that person in that position. How's, you, how's your life improved? How's their life improved? Yeah. Those are very interesting questions that don't get asked a lot too is like, well, what's changed for you being the constituent? Okay, well, what's changed for them? Mm-hmm. If the answer there is starkly different, then maybe you have your answer on what do you like to support, and that's just different things for different folks. But those are just some of the things that I like to look at when I'm when I'm discussing, you know, all that with with people and in, in the situation that it is. Is is your life getting better? And yep. what were the reasons why you put them there in the first place? So, and that's not taking anything away from either of those three people, but it's just kind of the stuff. It's the way I like to think of it. Less is, uh, again, that voice you're listening to, Zach Holcomb here this morning on uh, the Brian Hanks Show. Lessons learned from that race uh, two years ago. What are, I, I mean, I guess that's my question. What are the lessons that you learned from that, that maybe if you do decide to run for city council in this cycle that you'll apply to, to your uh, campaign? Yeah, ground game would be the huge one. Um, I didn't really surround myself with a ton of people to really help push things. We just kind of, you know, we just kind of social media it, and, and that's kind of the way that it went. But um, that would be the biggest thing is just be uh, putting together the ground game and having folks out kind of like pushing it around. You know, like I think Jackie did a really good job of that with the sheriff selection was, you know, Jackie wanted to be sheriff really bad, but he had some people that wanted him to be sheriff maybe more than he wanted him to be sheriff. Yeah. And that works out really well. So uh, that was a big thing that I noticed and learned from, you know, maybe not my race, but from other people's races was that really worked well um, in that sheriff's race was just, just being everywhere and having a lot of people pushing things and, and getting the word out around, you know, it's definitely better when you can multiply your efforts and stuff like that. So that's definitely one thing that, that we would do different. Um, lessons learned, uh, just not really like lessons learned is people are people are people anyway. So, um, you know, I have a saying for that. You have to catch it on the kick and wish show because we're FCC. But the, <laughs> um, I got a saying for that that's pretty funny. But you can't give me the G version of it. Opinions are like rear ends. Everybody's yeah. got one, and they all stink. So yeah, there you go. There you go. It's kind of when you start thinking like that. And then the other one I like is um, if you don't overvalue the compliment, you don't get too overly burned or upset at the slights. And so it makes your life a lot easier. When and it's tough for people to do is not not let like praises really get to your heart and stuff like it's cool and everything and you're polite about it and you acknowledge it but like you don't walk out of there going like wow that was fantastic that person you know really really likes everything i do but it makes it way easier to be like when someone really hates on you for something that they dislike that you do or they're just being an idiot it's way easier to just kind of laugh it off because there's not like there's no like emotional attachment to like that like reassurance that you're doing right so mm-hmm. i don't know and that kind of goes into too like just trying different stuff and doing other things and you know i'm not even some of the stuff i do now that is thinking outside it's if one day that it's not i will quit doing it and we'll transition to something else so like never be an absolute on it too you know i think there's a lot of people that in older in their age they are seen as a person that's stuck to the, they stick to their guns and they won't try anything new but like did they get did they get to that position because 30 years ago they were trying new stuff and then they their new they got hooked on that particular thing that they were doing and they quit trying new things you know so i think you know a lot of successful people wow. were that too i tell you what i felt a felt a felt a little bit uh like that was directed at me not that you did it intentionally no no, 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 no yeah. but but i do but i i found my hear what i'm saying i don't think you were taking a shot at me i'm just saying sure. i felt that personally though because i felt like i've done that before but i'm also 54 and you know i've i've been through the wars and everything too and 
the thing that I guess I've realized is, speaking to what you're talking about right there, you do have to roll with the punches. You've got to yes. change with the changes or you're going to become a newspaper or you're going to become the ice delivery guy or the milk delivery guy. You know, I mean, yep. the industries that used to be huge industries that just aren't anymore. And why? Because they didn't keep up with the times. Well, you see it a lot of times in family businesses that get really, really big. And then like two, three generations out from the person that put it together. And this is, again, I can't, I'm not thinking of anybody, but like yeah. just, you've got like a situation where the people that are family members weren't, None of them were there with the entrepreneurial bone that actually created that that groundbreaking service that was ahead of it. And then you watch those businesses just like newspapers or similar, how they just fall off. And it's because the people that in that point, by the time they that business makes it to that point in its life, it's like an 80 to 100-year business. Well, maybe the people that are all in control of it now, none of, none of them had an entrepreneurial bone. But the game that they were killing so badly 40 years ago has changed so much that now they can't. They don't know how to adapt because they never were. They were just, they were handed a really green pasture and just told to keep the grass cut while the grass quit growing. So you don't have any people there that grow grass. You just have people that cut grass. Wow. So it's a very interesting, like, it takes different skill sets. It takes a skill set to do a startup, and then it takes a different skill set to take it from 3 million to 10 million. They're not the same people. No, they're not. And so it's kind of like an interesting thing, too. And I know if I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but that's the reason why I respect, like, Warren Buffett and what. have you ever heard like with his his family? He doesn't. He's not leaving them a ton of money, yeah. leaving them enough to live on because he wants them to be hungry, to it, yeah. like he was. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. I mean, and I I, yeah, I don't have any kids, but I'd like to think that if I and you are a father, that if uh, you know that if I had four kids, that I you know I would make sure they were comfortable if I were in that sort of position. But I don't want them to be so comfortable that they're not hungry anymore, yep. you know, because yep. you know, you got your drive from somewhere, Zach, That's right. you know, Absolutely. you want them to have the same kind of drive that you had and yep. not to be comfortable. For sure. Well, I bring it all the way around before we move from that. Yeah. It's like, it all comes back to the council and the mayors. Yeah. Maybe certain skill sets were needed in certain times to get from point A to point B, but now we're trying to get to C and D and E. Yeah. And sometimes those skill sets that are required need to be a little bit more diverse and they need to be a little bit more outward thinking. And, you know, yeah, maybe we got to this point because it's not taking things away from the way things were done. But at a certain point in time, you got to start looking. You got to you got to ebb. The biggest thing for me on this council in this town moving forward is we're addicted to grant money. Yeah, we love it. It's it's easy to get. And we just sing. We can sing a song and and a sad story and we'll get bailed out again. That is not going to happen forever. You've got to build economic development. Well, wouldn't it be crazy if you could give your city, your city just started granting its own wishes? Yeah. And you didn't have to go and ask Big Brother to hook you up and send a little money down the river or flow it down here. It's that's Those are the things that I think are important in the upcoming council race. I love it. Uh, I had Chris Suggs in here yesterday. Uh, he was on the show yesterday. And one of the things that he told me that I, that I was not aware of, and I think this is something that the city council and the city doesn't do a good enough job of, but he said it himself too, was, was promoting the positives that they do have though. And one of them is, did you know this? I, this fact that he told me yesterday, there are 500, they approved 588 new homes to be built in the city limits of Kenston. Yeah. 
That's great for the tax base. Boom. Oh, dude, doesn't that make you feel? It makes me feel better as a taxpayer that, hey, 588 means that's going to take some percentage of taxes off my shoulders. Well, it's new homes, too, which means you've got, like, new investment. I mean, so, like, take the 588. But did you know that? Because I didn't know that. I didn't know know the number, but I did know that there was a large amount. Yeah. I knew it was was over 350. I didn't have the exact number, but um, which is awesome. I mean, like, take that 588, I think is what you said, Mm -hmm. 8388, and, um, you know, Times two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, just at an average, which most of those houses being built over there are two fifty to three hundred, three and three fifteen. I love it. But I that's what people. That's what you need to move people in here. That was yeah. one thing we couldn't stand moving here was that you couldn't find a house built in the last thirty years. He said, "How old are you? If you don't mind me asking, 30, I'll be thirty five this week. Thirty five. You're a young thirty five this week. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. That's why we're doing the open house, man. It's like a birthday party. Oh, so. dude, that's no, awesome. Well, happy birthday, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. But uh, but that's what Chris talked about. You know, he started Kenston Teens, went mm-hmm. to Chapel Hill to school, and when he came back, he decided, you know what, I want to come serve Kenston for a period of time. Yep. And he said that yesterday. We don't. It's X period of time. We don't know. Is it going to be two years, four years, six years, whatever? And then he's going to go on with his life from here. But he wanted to right. start here in Kenston. But he said that was his biggest complaint was there was nothing affordable for a recent college graduate who maybe didn't, you know, doesn't have the money and doesn't have the, you know, to plop down for a two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand yeah, dollars yeah, down payment cash. Yeah, exactly, that wanted to just maybe rent somewhere here in town. There's nothing like that in Kinston yeah. right now. There really isn't. No. Um, and nothing modern, like well, like you know, hate to say it, a lot of people will gripe, but like people like grays. Yeah. White, gray, black, oh. and you're you're smacking it, and the people will pay an extra two hundred a month on your rental just because you have it painted that way. Yeah, like I know that yellow wow. is cool. Like there's all these different things, and it's the southern stuff. Like, but which is cool, but like who do you? My biggest thing on it, it goes back to this too. The city stuff is, oh, we need more money. Well, there's not enough money in the city. There's not enough to just keep churning. You know, we need more to be. Well, then let's start accepting dollars from outside the county. Hello, let's make ourselves sexy to those people. Dude. What do they like? We may Nothing not breaks like my it, heart more, and I know this from being with the United Way, and it's one of the things that is just housing for executives. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we have Electrolux, you know, the electro, the, and I don't even know, and I could be talking out of my butt right here, which is entirely possible. But the president of Electrolux, or the the plant here, the plant director, whatever. Yep. I wonder if he lives in Kenston or Lenore County, or does he live in Greenville? Does he right. live in Goldsboro? And I hate to, use, I should have said Company X. I mean, yeah, and yeah. I don't, I don't know, and I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But I know that that's something that we need to do is when we do get new industry in here, that they're not moved that they. They need to be living in Kinston and Lenora County. They don't need to be living in Green County at Cutter Creek. They don't yeah. need to be living at Walnut Creek in Wayne County or whatever Pitt County's got to offer. Yeah, yeah and LaGrange is really putting the squeeze on us for that yeah. stuff, too. I mean, LaGrange is offering that, you know, skip and a drive just right out of Goldsboro, and they're putting it together with, you know, the new houses for sure out there. So, you know, you're watching an entire little, like, suburb of Goldsboro almost pop up out there because they're playing the game and they're hip to that so it's the same thing here. I mean, there's a lot of people, and those people that get people that take a job in another state aren't doing it for less money than they were making in their current state. So wow. they're gonna get paid to relocate. So yeah. put your hand out and let them put the money in your hands. Because I mean, I'm serious. Like Mondays, man, we just literally watch people come down for lunch and walk around. And there's like, I think Laughing House the only spot open for lunch on a Monday. And it's like, 
I uh, asked Joe about this when with Kings. I said, I was like, oh, man, are you guys back open on Mondays? He was like, Mondays? We never closed on Mondays. Everyone else is closed on Mondays. We closed on Tuesdays. Tuesdays he's like, yep. now we're back. You know, he's back seven yeah. days. But he was like, I would Do you not never. love you some Joe Hargis? I love him, dude. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's hilarious. <laughs> he, like, you, okay. just, you just get, like, random texts from him, too. Like, the other night, he was like, let's go to Wrigley. And I was like, cool. The <laughs> Phillies are there the last week of June. He was like, well, I'm going to Key West. I'll be back that Tuesday. Angie says we got to stop and see the babies, but man, we can make that Thursday game. And I was like, you just let me know, dude. You do know Joe Hargett was you. He's my age. He's probably a little bit older than me. I think he's probably 55, 56. And, but he still continued on. And he yeah. has changed with the times and yeah, stuff. Dude. But Oink. but Joe Hargett was you uh, 20 years ago when I first got here. Seriously. Nice. Seriously. And then you can see where he's evolved. Yep. Dude, we literally have like three minutes left. Sweet. Uh, uh, kicking it with. Oh, dude, kicking it with. You definitely got to check it out. So if you're not. We don't put them on the Facebook. You know, we're not encringing on everybody. We just throw it up on the YouTube channel. But, but you'll click. But you'll link to it on. Yeah, yeah. Facebook you can check though. the yeah. links out. Um, I've got like a page that I don't post enough on on Facebook. That's the actual kicking it with Zach Holcomb podcast page. But um, you can go to YouTube. It's YouTube.com backslash at Zach Holcomb. So it's like super easy to get to. But if you just go to YouTube and search kicking it with Zach, it's going to pop up. But um, yeah, we're trying, like you said, pumping the positivity and kind of yeah. what the counseling is to be louder with the positive and quieter with the negative. Mm-hmm. It's just marketing. Yeah. Um, is we're just putting out tons you hit of Danny podcasts. Rice. I love the Danny, Danny Rice, Rice episode. Had Linda man. Rouse Sutton the other yeah. day. I haven't watched that. I really love one, Linda. I love Linda, yeah. but I haven't seen that. One, but I really love yeah. the Danny one. Yeah, I, that yeah, was Danny was awesome. You got you loosened Danny up. I like I that, know, man. I know. I've it's, had him here on the show several times, yeah. and I I've, I got to admit, no, no, take this as a compliment. I was a little jealous. I was like, <laughs> man, why is it Danny loose like that on my show? Know. You know? It's one of the ones too that I tell everyone. They're like, what's one I should watch that I haven't? I was like, definitely Danny Rice. It's like one of the most unappreciated episodes so far. That like in terms of you know how everything. You views. look at the yeah, views exactly. and stuff, yeah. and it's like, my wife's like, that was like one of my bones I actually enjoyed. Usually I can't, you know, she, she's not too hard on me, but she's like, yeah. I really like the Danny one. You know? Yeah. She's like, sometimes it's just you talking, but uh, yeah, it's Well, Danny fun. was awesome. Yeah, Danny uh, was great. Uh, who, who have you had recently? Who have you got coming up? Uh, we had Kristen Goyette recently, which was a good one. Uh, that's Ke- now, that's that Chief one Keith Bo- uh, Goyette's yep. uh, bride. Wife. Yep, yep. So, uh, and we're doing a podcast for her too. You got to check out called "Keeping It Real" with Kristen. So she's okay. doing. Um, she's up on the board with you on the video board. Downtown. I saw that. I saw but that. But she's doing a podcast. You know, what's it about? Uh, so she's more or less the home buying process and make keeping it real and not you know kind of like bringing down the weird, scary things. Like when you never bought a house before, you know, maybe you just know about how scary it was. You know, so yeah. th- she talks with realtors. She's gonna have different people on, like you know insurance folks remodelers different things like that Dude, that's awesome like that so yeah you have to check that one okay. out super cool she's a mortgage loan originator so you know for all those so you know, shameless plug you can hit her up for those mortgage stuff but then so those are some of the recent guests um we had Haley bigler on from stanley saloon which is a pretty pretty popular one jay lane and the sonic revival and then coming up on episode love 50. jay lane man. i've too. never had him i need oh, see, dude, he's got a I'm new saying. song you got to get him on here i will yeah, yeah i yeah. will that's a good one and we got uh the chiefs coming up the chiefs the chief all the chief cool yet? Yep, yep. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work him in here uh, as He's well. He's awesome. So. Have you had, you need to get the sheriff on? Yep, I know. Well, you know, it's a call on on Jackie. He ducked me twice during the election process, so I told him third time is on him. You know, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice, whatever that is. I doubt he died. He was no, that we, man is busy. No, though. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. So yeah, yeah. that was all said in jest. You don't get it without yeah. video, but yeah. Well, let's <laughs> wrap up here. We got about uh, forty five seconds left. Uh, uh, Open house on Open Friday. Open house, thank you. The Open House Friday 
11 to 2 p.m., yep. 300 North Heritage Street, Additive America. Uh, tell uh, what, yeah. what would you like folks to know about? It's free? It's free. Yeah. Definitely come out. You don't want to be the only one of your friends hanging out Friday night or Saturday and realize that they were all there and not you. So the, I'm just telling you, a lot of your friends are already coming, so don't be shy. Just show up. You're going to see people you know and, and like and all that fun stuff. It's going to be a good time. Well, and uh, as someone that's been honored to go through your business a couple of times, I'm telling you, Appreciate it. people are going to be no people are going to be blown away yeah. by what they that's see. The goal, it's man. like you're on a spaceship right in the middle of Kansas. That's it. So, come and check it out. Zach Holcomb, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Steve. There you go. Uh, Listen, uh, tomorrow we're going to have Shane Albee, Harlan Neal, uh, Brett Kennedy. Friday, Mark Panicelli, Chris Edwards. Thank you so much for listening to today's edition of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.